Hello and welcome back to Intimate Business with me, the Yogi Coder. This time, I think it was it's it's a great format to be able to share about learnings and takeaways from Black Lives Matter movement of 2020 that got triggered by the murder of George Floyd um, and. There's been so much happening, so inspiring, so heartbreaking, so difficult, so many fights among the same groups of people, among each other. <laughs> and I try to listen, understand, research, and co not conclude, but like get takeaways that I can take into my day-to-day -day life and be part of a change that I want for humanity, for the world, for my child. Um, and here I am sharing them. <laughs> I hope it doesn't trigger anyone. I have to say a disclaimer, I'm not an educator, I'm not an expert, and I'm not perfect. So with that disclaimer, I have to want to share my four learnings and takeaways from Black Lives Matter Movement 2020. So far up until today is, let me check, June 6th. Yeah, up until today, Saturday, June 6th. It's been a week of strikes. It's been a week of movement. It's been a week of um, communication throughout any channel in social media. It's been a week of discussions around the subject and it's been great to be able to hear everyone whether they approve or disapprove or whatever their thoughts are, everybody's getting involved in the conversation. And for me, that's already a big, big advancement. I don't think at this moment there's anyone able to ignore the um, situation to... Let me just... Yeah. <laughs> to, uh, I, I don't think right now there's anyone able to, to look the other way and just ignore what's happening. And that's just amazing. That's the consequence of great uh, global movements that it, it impacts every single corner of the world, on the world, and, 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 and no one is able to just turn their heads away. So, with, less, <laughs> with that being said, I want to jump into some of this. You want to deep dive, I am going to share, I, I share this in a written form in the blog and yogicoder.com. Uh, or go to the Yogi Coder uh, Instagram and also I'm going to have the link there. Uh, I think it's sometimes better to have it read, like written form. So so you like you can read it a little bit more calmly and not take conclusions that might be, I don't know, misunderstood. But um, yeah, having said the disclaimer, I'm going to start with my four learnings and takeaways so far. The first one is that humanity is actually not not doomed, but in, but it is improving and moving forward. This is very hard to say when we're right now in the middle of confronting a situation completely unfair in the hands of the people that is supposed to take care of others. <laughs> how how just the color of their skin puts people in some context that makes them much more vulnerable for being murdered by the, the infrastructure that it's supposed to take care of us. So 
that's that's just outrageous. And I have to say, one single case, it's one case too many. So this 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 statement that humanity is actually not doomed and we are improving and moving forward is not to disregard the fact that one case is too many and we cannot stop addressing this subject until there's specifically zero people being affected by our systematic racism. And when I say our systematic racism, remember, I'm not American, I'm Mexican. Uh, I don't live in Mexico or US, I live in Norway right now. So with this in context, when I say our systematic racism, I mean global. Like there is systematic racism globally and we're all part of it, but that's another point. So when I say humanity is actually not doomed and it is improving and moving forward, I really look into the numbers. I'm not going to mention here facts and numbers. I encourage you to Google uh, to Google it. But the numbers have decreased. Even, even when we have leaders, not only like we have leadership like that in Brazil, in the US, <clears throat> and throughout history in many different countries, that is almost actively white supremacist or racist. Um, and even with those terrible leaders, the numbers and and the and the society has improved. We have moved forward, and that's something I don't want to just disregard, and I don't want to fall into the idea. And some people say it's always been like this, and nothing will ever change, and will always be like this because it brings us all to the point that it's just hopeless. Why on earth would I participate? Why on earth would I educate myself? Why on earth would I? do the march why on earth would i just bring this subject and talk about it with my parents with my family with my co-workers if 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 anyways nothing is gonna improve right so that's why i feel it is basic and it's intrinsically like priority a priority that we all become aware and accept and become hopeful from the fact that we are improving as humanity One book that doesn't speak specifically about Black Lives Matter, it does address it somehow, but it speaks about general issues of uh, humanity, poverty, systematic issues, uh, health care. Um, I don't remember all, but like, it, 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 yeah, like global warming. Um, it, it, it does address a lot, of, a lot of issues. It was published in 2016. And it's, it's factfulness. I've talked about this book a lot, but I really, really, really recommend this book like crazy to everyone, but especially to people who has a perspective that things are worse than ever, nothing has improved, whether we are doomed, things will never change because it shows with facts how things have evolved and improved. And it challenges this idea with like a very scientific good, easy-to-understand approach. It's a very famous doctor that wrote this with his uh, daughter-in-law, I think. But yeah, just read for it. The reviews are great. There is a reason why the biggest, most respected leaders in the world re recommend this book. But it is a good start for you to learn how things are improving and be inspired. Because if we don't believe, we as a society and we as humanity are moving forward, are learning, are improving, we, there, then there's no hope and there's no reason why we should all be part of these movements, why should all be trying to make change. 
uh, everything we do, everything you do in feminism movements, everything you do in Black Lives Matter movement, everything you're doing to improve equality and to improve the life of everyone, it is actually having an impact. And that's why I think it's my first learning and takeaway take and the first thing that I want to like share with everyone. Things are improving and our movement and us speaking about it and us being conscious about it makes an impact in the world and is making society and humanity moving forward. So check for that book, <laughs> read it when you have the time. There's many other books talking specifically about Black Lives Matter, but in this specific learning that I'm talking about, like acknowledging that humanity is not doomed and we're moving forward, that's one book that I would like, love to start with uh, talking about. My second learning and takeaway is that every single person, we, you, me, we are all part of this systemic racism. We are all part. It doesn't matter what like nationality you have, or which country you live in, which language you speak, um, which color your skin is, how fortunate or unfortunate or privileged or unprivileged you feel you are. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, if you're American, if you're Mexican, if you are Norwegian, if you are Indian. It doesn't matter. Throughout the globe and throughout history, we have all been part of the systemic racism. It doesn't mean that we are all racist. It doesn't mean that we have all done racist stuff. No, that does, that does not mean at all. The, the, the point of we are all part of this means that since we are all part of the system of society and humanity, we have all either benefited or been affected by the systemic racism that we live in and that we developed as humanity and that we're going growing out of. Um, so acknowledging that we are all part of the systematic racism we live in, it is very important because it's not about shaming. It's not about making, oh, white people or privileged people or rich people or whatever, or men uh, feel guilty because you were born in the skin you were born. That's not the point. It's not about feeling guilty, but it's about feeling empowered because you know that since you're part of the system, you have the power to change it. You have the power to have an impact and improve the things for everyone. So it, 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 I, want, I want people to understand this. I saw a video, it was a terrible thing, of a guy uh, stopping a woman that was running in the streets, a white woman, and stopping her and saying, hey, um, do you know that you are privileged? Da -da 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 -da. And she says, like, yeah, yeah, I know that I'm privileged. I participate in this and I stand against racism. And he says, would you kneel in front of me for, I don't remember what was his word, so I don't want to mess up what I'm saying here. But he asked her, do you, can you kneel in front of me just to acknowledge the support? Blah, blah, blah. And she just kneeled immediately. Like with, with, you could see that she was feeling guilty and she was feeling afraid of doing the wrong thing. Like, I'm really, I don't know, I could, I could feel her. She was like, not trying to show that she's not racist and trying to show that she, 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 she understands and she's part of the movement. Um, and, and it just felt completely odd to me, like the whole situation. It's not like we have to punish people because they were born with privilege. 
It's not that if you are born with privilege, you have to punish yourself and hit yourself in the back and be crying because you are the worst person in the world. The same way uh, a person of color didn't choose the color of their skin, the same way white people didn't choose the color of their skin, and the same way we can go into other different subjects of poverty and war and difficult situations. We don't choose how and where and, and, and what we are born with. Uh, we choose after we grow up, we choose how, what do we do with what we've got. But, um, but the whole point of acknowledging that we are all part of this systematic racism, racism is knowing that we're part of it just because we're part of a society. And whether we've been affected by it, whether we've been um, privileged by it, whether we've been whatever, we are all part of it. And that means we can do something about it. We are part of the system that needs to be changed. Therefore, we are the system. Therefore, we have the power to change it. Therefore, that's where the, the change comes from. So for me, all these words, instead of making people feel guilty or angry against each other, it feels so freaking empowering, especially in 2020, where like we're so connected and information is out there. So the second point, again, is that we're all part, like the acknowledgement that we are all part of the systemic racism we live in should actually empower us to feel that we can change it because we're a part of it. Doesn't mean we're guilty, doesn't mean we're racist, doesn't mean we are anything bad or good or makes us anything special. The same way that uh, you can be a person of color and, and you were like raised by your parents and your parents were racist themselves like that can also happen and i've seen that so it's 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 not about guilt it's not about feeling privileged it's about feeling understanding and being aware that you're part of the system and therefore you are able to change the system you have the power to change it that 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 for me is very important uh takeaway and learning that we all have to like open our eyes towards and, and, and approach it in the right constructive way. The third one, it is maybe very personal. I've seen a lot of like hate. I don't know actually why I haven't been addressed because everything that people has been criticizing, I've made the mistake of like either sharing my normal day or sharing the black square or whatever. But uh, all the hate around like people trying to be part of the movement for real. I don't mean to talk about the influencers trying to take a picture a fashionable picture i saw a video it was just it just wanted i wanted to puke at that moment like a fashion lifestyle influencer trying to take a picture in the middle of a strike and trying to look hot while her friend is taking a picture and getting into oh no no, no. terrible video don't even look for it but <laughs> it's just i don't mean to talk about those people i'm to, i'm talking about every single person who from their own from their own media and, and, and platforms are trying to participate in the movement and are trying to learn and are trying to, like the ones that decided to be silent and listen instead of making their voice louder. Um, and then they were criticized because of that. And the ones that made their voice loud and they were also criticized for that. One key takeaway in learning, and this goes for me, because I also think that I have the right uh, the right answer in my mouth or the right perspective or whatever um, it's a great reminder for myself it's like you are not god you are just an imperfect human like everyone else seems very obvious third takeaway you're not god you're just an imperfect human like everyone else 
obviously, it's so obvious that people should mention it, but I think people are forgetting. And accepting the fact that, <laughs> that you are human and you're imperfect and you don't have the right answer in your mouth releases you from two things. One, having to be perfect and know it all and not being able to make any mistakes. And second, from policing other people that are trying to help. And, and, and not only policing other people trying to help uh, uh, because from your perspective, they're not doing it right or whatever. One thing is to send your recommendation, to share your perspective. Another thing is to shame on them and create posts. And there was like this, uh, it was like a group of two, three, four people in Instagram Uh, de decided <laughs> they had to run a campaign against four or five people that they just decided they are bad and they are not doing the right thing and if they were not sharing on time or whatever they were smashing against another influencer who had just had a freaking pregnancy loss and they had no clue about it that's why she was not being active on, on social media and they were calling her already a racist no 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 terrible stuff and this comes from the freaking entitlement or thought that they know the answer, they are in this fight, they're showing off that they are here for everyone, and, da, da, da. and, and they think they are God, or I don't really understand how, how can they justify those, those approaches. So for everyone, it's like, you're not God. You are just an imperfect human like everybody else. So please, if, if someone is really trying to be part of the conversation and trying to, to participate and trying to to learn and to grow and to, to do something about it. Don't shut them off. If you think they're doing something not so right, guide them, but don't shut them off. Don't harass them. Don't, don't harass them and, and use it as an excuse to fight and to, it, it just, for me, it just makes like the whole thing. It's like now we're fighting against each other. It's people that are fighting for the same objective, which is getting this, the, the, uh, every single person in the world the same rights and the same opportunities. Now we're all fighting against each other. It feels like there's a manipulation that we don't, we have. I haven't understood. Like who is manipulating people to make them fight against each other in this horrible way? And I have to say this: this even applies for like Democrats and Republicans in the U.S. Because no matter which party they are, uh, like Fox News, CNN, or whatever, they are all saying in their own perspectives, and they're shaming on like the rootings and the riots da, da, da. and we'll talk about it a bit later but um but they're all saying that they condemned what happened and the, the murder of, of this innocent man so this should all put us together in order to actually bring solutions instead of focusing who's saying what and how they're doing it wrong why aren't everybody just saying okay here it is we need more training for the police another thing this is just just a little snippet of my thoughts <laughs> why Are police officers carrying a gun in the US and very ready to shoot people right away for no reason, for no like apparent reason. The reason why this happens is because there is a ridiculous amount of citizens in the US armed up, up to their teeth. <laughs> I don't know how to explain this. Police officers in the US know that every citizen is allowed to carry a gun or a machine gun. <laughs> so how on earth police officers are not going to be like prepared for like reaching out their gun? The fact that they're biased, the fact that there is racism, that's a fact. The fact that this, this police officer uh, literally murdered an innocent man without any kind of excuse, is, it's, it's, it's separate. 
But uh, but nobody is addressing like we need better training for police officers. Five months are not enough. We need better assessment of police officers' uh, health, mental health, and and an assessment if they're racist or not. We need uh, be- like we need better gun control. We need better a lot of other things. And those were the, those are the things that we should all, whether we agree or disagree in religion and political parties in whatever, we should we all agree that this was a murder. This was something we cannot, we cannot permit. We cannot allow for this anything similar like this to happen. And we are making a statement with all the strikes around the world. We're making a statement that society is not allowing this to happen again. Uh, and and then how can we avoid this to ever happen again? So that's where we should be moving forward. But okay, the third point is you're not God. You're a perfect human. So approach everyone with like the humble as humble as every perfect human should freaking approach each other even when you think you have a better answer and you should recommend them to do x or y first assume that they have good intentions and second freaking understand you don't have the right answer so so stop policing others stop harassing people on the internet i don't think at least in the example that i'm giving the tech community it's just like it became so destructive and pointless and they stopped talking about like this movement and they stopped talking about the important things they were just shaming each other and being entitled it was just a joke but whatever point is third point understand you're an imperfect human and act like one and try to help so remember that even yourself that all your passion knowledge resources are not perfect so everything you're doing uh has a good intention You're educating yourself like others are, so please approach people the same way. Especially the people who are freaking on your same side, trying to get to the same goal as humans. Um, uh, The fourth part, the fourth learning, is... This is going to be hard, and a lot of people are going to hate it for it. This doesn't mean that I am encouraging people to be violent. I have to say this, this, this... Disclaimer, I'm not encouraging people to be violent or to break into stores and steal everything and all the things that are actually happening. But I have a point of view here that I don't know if it's the right one, but I want to explain. And it starts with why movements might require violence. So if you are, if you are, and I think it's very healthy and it's very normal, if you are a person who who thinks or, or, or completely says, I completely am against violence and I think it's, um, there's no justification. This, uh, I condemn violence and I condemn how people are breaking glasses in the streets and breaking into stores and stealing and blah, 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 all these things. I agree. I understand your perspective. I completely understand why you would, you and any other human would condemn that violence. People being affected are people of color, owners of businesses, that that was their family business and they got destroyed and robbed and horrible stuff. So I understand your perspective, but I want you to take 10 seconds or well, maybe 10 minutes <laughs> to like just open up a little bit and think, why? why do movements, why maybe movements require violence? Why? Why could like in a crazy world, if you if you had to justify violence, how would you 
approaches. How would you think violence is justified? So my fourth point is why movements might require violence is because of this. <laughs> violence, is distri- violence in the streets is a physical expression of pain, oppression, and desperation. These movements have a small group that end up destroying shops, businesses, m- monuments, historical monuments, and even sometimes hurting people, like killing people. Uh, and I agree, it's horrible. Uh, killing and, and hurting innocent people, innocent shop owners, innocent, like, again, it's, it's completely unfair. And it's horrible. But, not but. And I'm just going to say, and there can be some reasons. So if you make the effort to acknowledge that this is horrible, but there might be some reasons why, why these movements require violence, if you look at these movements historically, you open your mind a little bit. For those 10 seconds, um, the first reason I found was that people have used every other Pacific language They have used every other Pacific, Pacific structure, process, method to, to ask for justice, to avoid getting murdered, to avoid getting killed, to get the same equality and opportunities, to, to survive. They have asked and they have used every other Pacific, Pacific normal language to get it. And they haven't gotten it. They haven't been listened to. So what is left? Violence. What is left? going nuts and wanting to burn it all. So if, 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 if we stop for a second and say, okay, have these people tried every single other method? Yes, they have. And if you had not been listened, would, would you have thought of violence? Maybe, right? I don't know, but maybe. Let's just be open to that. Another line that I wrote was like, they have lost all hope in life because they got their loved ones murdered in the worst possible way. I'm bringing this up because I've seen the stories very closely uh, for the female movement in Mexico uh, and how, how mothers and, and family members, when they got their loved one ripped out from their families and murdered and tortured in the worst possible ways, how they feel they have nothing else to lose and how they feel completely hope, hopeless in the world and, and, and there's no justice happening. So, of course, the, the word they say is like, I want to burn, burn it all. And, and they go out and try to burn it all because they try to get hurt and they try that the death of their loved ones doesn't go unheard and doesn't go unpunished. Um, and I can, I've never experienced that in my own skin and I've never experienced that, thank God, in my own family. But only imagining it triggers a crazy fighter in me that wants to burn it all and that wants to destroy it all. If anyone that I loved got murdered, I would burn it all. Like, and nobody listened, nobody gave justice, nobody cared. Yes, I would burn the whole city up. And and, and that, that second that I understand, that second that I feel compassionate and, and, and understand how these people feel, makes me open my mind and understand why this violence is required. The second point, which is actually more historical and more, more like a fact, less emotional, more like a fact, and why the movements require violence in one way or another one, is because until these movements affect physically every person in society, so until this movement affects you, that you're in, your comf- in the comfort of your home, and maybe you're just scrolling through 
Instagram and scrolling through Facebook and looking at this like riots and fire happening and people getting hurt. It, it hurts you emotionally until it affects you, meaning you were not able to go to, I don't know, downtown because the streets were blocked and you were not able to do X or Y or your business got smashed or your, or your family business got, got robbed until it affects you personally. And I'm not mean you, I mean until it affects every single person in society. Until, until that happens, then it becomes possible for people to turn their faces away from the problem, to become indifferent. So the, the thing is, with this, the, with this like uncontrolled violence, what happens with these movements that, that, that reach out to violence to make an impact is because through violence, through strikes, through making all this mess, They make sure they affect every single me member of society, whether they're innocent or not. They affect because everybody's innocent in this situation. Every single member of society, even if even the racists are gonna be innocent, if they were not the four police officers that were standing there murdering this guy, and so on for the older cases. So every single person affected is gonna be innocent. So, but until every single person in society is affected physically. In, like they can feel it until that happens it's very easy for society to just become indifferent and to just not even listen turn their heads away put their attention somewhere else so that's why historically historically the movements that have made any impact in our society needed or required a level of violence so I'm going to stop there, <laughs> but I'm going to say it is unfair. The violence is unfair. It's unfair to the business owners who got robbed. It's unfair to the person who ha have might died in an ambulance because it couldn't reach the hospital due to the manifestation or traffic. It's unfair to everyone being affected in every way. 100% unfair. The same way that it is unfair to keep looking the other way when innocent humans keep dying with no consequences, no justice, no, not impact. So it, it is, that's why historically, if you look at every movement, historical movement, they end up or they have violence with it. And the reason is because it needs to affect all society, almost physically, for, in order to be able to make sure that no one is able to look away. No one is able to not have this conversation. No one is able to ignore it. So that, that's why violence happens. But yes, it doesn't, the fact that it's needed doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it fair. It doesn't make it okay. So in the utopic good world, we would all pay attention. The law would be applied. None of this would be needed. And every human would be um, perceived and have the same rights. And every human would have the same opportunities in the world. And that's where we are moving towards. Uh, But at the, the moment is not like that, and that's why violence exists. And I actually am going to share this with a, an influencer that I know, that he he strongly says that there's no like he, he condemns violence and da 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 and the hate da da da, and, and I want to challenge that idea. Not because I don't condemn violence, I totally condemn violence. Um, but because I want people to open up and understand where does that come from and why. So maybe we can avoid violence if, if we all turn our heads to the, to the problem and actually listen from the beginning and actually care from the beginning and actually do something from the beginning. 
And maybe that's the way to avoid violence. I'm not sure. I don't know. But, uh, but at least I make my biggest effort to understand why historically these movements have had violence throughout the history of human. Um, that's my fourth takeaway in learning. And I want to close by saying um, one thing first is how, what can we do to be part of a change? I'm not an educator, I said, but I would recommend you to do things like listen. The second and very important is do real introspection. Start with your own perspectives. Like analyze your own perspectives, your learning development. What do you need to unlearn? What do you need to reconstruct? What would you like to, how would you like to approach? What are the phrases that you use? What are the toys that you buy for your nephews and your nieces? How, how would you make uh, the world that you're creating a more inclusive world where there's more fairness and, and justice for everyone. So that, that's the part of introspection. Bring this awareness to your everyday vocabulary, family life, professional life, professional development. Donate if you can. There's, there's so many. Sign the petitions. There's a lot of petitions happening right now, specifically in the US, addressing specific matters like, uh, like training the cops better, like doing our stuff. But like uh, fund, donate when you can, but also sign petitions. And if you're going to ask where, how, and do, I'm going to put some links here. But it's not only about the links. It's actually, uh, you have to Google it. You cannot just follow a link of a freaking random influencer and, and trust it. Maybe it's going to be a scam. So Google it. Just like it works with coding. If you're truly interested, you will Google it and figure it out. So stop asking for, for things to be in the in your hand and be answered for you in a dm <laughs> um so i would really encourage you instead of just clicking on whatever influencer is sharing about a petition or about a donation place just google it and make sure that this is something that you understand that it's real and you can back and then you and that it's making an impact there are thousands of resources books articles experts and educators and they're all in one click away by just googling it so do your job and, and if you care, like with coding, you're truly interested, you will Google it and you will figure it out. Um, so that's, that's my take so far. I'm sure like I'm still writing a lot. I'm still learning at all, learning a lot. I don't have the answer. I don't know the right way, but I feel hopeful because as I say, I know things are improving. I know that we're moving forward. And I know that just the fact that we're having this conversation today, no matter what race, what background you are from, is making a difference. Um, so, so knowing that we're all part of the system, the systematic racism that has either benefited or hurt us, uh, empowers us to, to be able to, to change and to make a difference. Uh, and the third point was that you're not God, you're not perfect, so you cannot police others. Uh, and the fourth, again, <laughs> some movements might require violence. I'm tapping on my phone, if you can hear that, it's just because I don't know why it's getting blocked. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, some movements might require uh, violence and there's a reason why. It's not a justification. There's no way anybody can justify that. But there is a reason and we should... I just want us to listen to those reasons and try to understand and walk towards compassion a little bit more to, before we shut off the thoughts of other people. 
And lastly, but most importantly, why do we say their names? George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, I'm gonna pronounce some wrong, but uh, I'm Mexican again. It's, English is my second language. Forgive me for that. Uh, Ahmoud Arberi, Botham Jin, Tamir Rice, Trivon Martin, Eric Gardner, Philando Castile, Sandra Bland, Jordan Davis, Jonathan Farrell, and so many others are humans, innocent humans that died in the hands of the systematic racism. And these are famous names representing thousands or even millions of people around the globe living terrible experiences due to the system, systemic racism that we live in throughout their lives, throughout the world, every single day. So saying their names is so we remember that a fellow innocent human that has a name and a last name was robbed of his and her life for no reason, that just the color of their skin. <laughs> so we just, we, we, we still have work to do and, and that's why we say their names until there's no one left behind, that's when we're stop fighting. <laughs> and, and as a last mention, I want to say in Mexico, we have so many names that are being forgotten, so many humans getting murdered just because of their gender <laughs> or their vulnerability or their race. And, and that's why we march, that's why we fight, and that's why we bring this matter. Because one thing is to get killed by an accident, because you're part of the mob, because whatever you were, but if it's just because of your color of your skin, your gender, of, or whatever vulnerable, vulnerability you might have, it's just not acceptable in any, in any context. So uh, their, their death contributes to our pain and to the amount of change in ourselves, in society, in the world. So this is just an example for me to, to, to share that as a Mexican, I'm very, very aware. I don't share more uh, about Mexico in, in this blog because I don't have that big of an audience from Mexico. But, um, but uh, every country has its challenges and every country has the names we have to keep mentioning. And every country has the movements that we are being part of in order to improve and grow as humanity. And we are doing it. And we are doing it. We're listening. We're being part of a change. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you are uh, not angry at my words. <laughs> I hope I made myself a little bit uh, objectively understood. I am not an expert and I'm not a communicator professionally. So... I just wanted to share my perspective. Some of the learnings that I've had are along the way and I keep learning. I keep uh, changing my my perspective and more than changing, opening it up. But one little um, tip that I can give you, I started doing like around four months ago, uh, almost a year ago, I have to say. It was stop uh, stopping my echo chamber in social media, which means every person which that that would every person in social media that would share anything that I would not agree with I would just unfollow like as a statement and I would just uh, say I disagree you're insane you're not feminist enough or you're not if you don't if you don't support an abortion I'm gonna unfollow you if you don't let that so suddenly my my social media becomes an echo chamber of everything I truly believe in and then I don't listen to any other new perspective so even though this new, even though listening to these perspectives with a humble approach 
hasn't really changed my perspective, but it has opened my ears to understand their whys instead of shutting people off and judging them and trying to destroy them. And it has improved the the terrible echo chamber that can social media can turn into. So even when I completely disagree with some of the statements um, against feminism movement of some people, if, if they have something that they're actually bringing value in another area, I don't unfollow them. If, um, if there is, there's a woman that I like her design skills and I like her approach in education and other things, but she she condemns abortion completely. Uh, I disagree with that hundred percent, and uh, and but I didn't unfollow her because I I understand where she's coming from. I understand her perspective, even though I don't agree, and I think that should be a right for everyone. It, so it, it creates a feed and a consumption of information in, in society that it's more open for different perspectives instead of only listening to the people who agree with you. So I encourage you to listen and give your opinion and don't shut off people unless they're completely destructive and they're not bringing any value to you. But if they're bringing value in some ways and you don't agree in half of the things they say, keep them. Keep them in your social media, keep them in your reading list. It it makes our brains a little bit more accepting into diversity and stuff. So thank you so much for listening. I think I have to go. My husband has arrived. <laughs> and I never like to record this when people are around me. So see you next week. And I hope you can share your learnings and your openness and and everything with me right here. Bye-bye. <laughs>